Hello, and welcome to the Adaptive Executive Podcast, where we meet with senior executives and discuss how to keep yourself and your organization adaptive and your employees engaged. My name is Greg Ballard, founder and owner of 5C Consultant, and I am your host. If you'd like to be considered as a guest for this podcast, you can apply on our website at 5c.consulting. Look for the word podcast. For now, let's dive into the show. All right. Hello, everybody. This is Greg Ballard with the Adaptive Executive. And today, our guest is the CEO and founder of Virtual Worker Now, and his name is Jonathan Kendall. Jonathan, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. A pleasure is all of ours. So, Jonathan, tell us a little bit about yourself and a Virtual Worker Now. Yeah. So, my background originally is in copywriting. And then that transitioned into digital marketing in general. I was the CEO of a company called MentorBox, which a lot of people might have seen my face. We spent about $40 million in paid advertising with my face on it. Um, and that was an educational platform similar to Audible or maybe even Mentor Class or Master Class, I'm sorry, except uh, it was book focused. And um, then I also switched to raising capital using digital marketing. So I do reg B rounds, I raise over $100 million for startups. Um, but by doing that, I also used a lot of virtual talent and uh, you know, became an equity partner in actually one of our, uh, originally you know, uh, one of my uh, companies that I was using because I really liked what they were doing. And I became kind of consultative and was uh, referring a lot of you know, my fellow entrepreneurs to them and um, the, the, found, the original founder, you know, wanted help scaling, basically. I'm more of an operator, you know, in terms of a visionary mm -hmm. operator. I'm more of an operator for, for scaling. And so I became an equity partner in that. And since then, you know, in the last two years, we've grown from 10 to over 400 employees. So it's been uh, pretty, pretty wild. And so Virtual Worker Now, what we do is we have over 10 different departments. So one thing that I really want to, uh, and we'll talk about this in more detail, but the idea of a VA, a virtual assistant, is like a very outdated term. What we do is we mm. provide specialists in categories. So graphic designers, video editors, social media strategists, uh, paid ads buyers, funnel builders, web developers. Um, we even have like architects, interior designers. We obviously have customer support agents and virtual assistants traditionally. Um, but it, we're a full service backend for digital marketing firms and, and, and e-commerce platforms as well. So... Uh, we, we provide sort of, you know, I try to think about it like the solution that you need for your, your company, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, at a more affordable rate. Love it. Love it. So are you, do you have a, um, an industry line that you focus on or vertical or you cross certain industries with the support services so, you provide? Yeah. So we have everything from, you know, local uh, banks and restaurants and cafes to, uh, close to nine figure e-commerce stores you know, that we provide ad creatives and, you know, full customer support backends for. So really any, I think of business as uh, a mechanical, almost like a, like, I think of it like an engineer, right? So there's parts mm -hmm. of the business, right? I had a lot of acronyms that, you know, maybe people know, or they don't know, but, you know, cost per view, cost per click, you know, conversion mm -hmm. rates, opt-in rates, uh, average order value, lifetime value, like churn rates, these kinds of things. These numbers to me, all this data, 
is really the lifeblood of your business. And so for me, each one of those requires certain skill sets. So, you know, if your, your cost per click is really bad, it might be your targeting, but it also may be your ad creative or it might be your copywriting, right? So mm-hmm. it might be, uh, or if you, if you have a really low conversion rate, maybe the commercial or what we call a VSL on your website is really bad and it's not convincing, right? So you might need a video editor or a copywriter to, to help you with that. So it's, it's really diagnosing the problem and then offering you a solution for that problem of your business at scale. Gotcha. Gotcha. Excellent. So one of the things we like to kind of talk about here is with the shift in the market and companies needing to really become much more adaptive. You know, we've had the coronavirus and the pandemic lockdowns, which has actually driven a lot of virtual and remote work. I'm kind of curious from you as a, as a CEO, the founder of a company, what are some things that you've done to remain adaptive to the needs of the market? So one thing I think, you know, you are your habits in a way, right? Like James Clear, Atomic Habits. And mm-hmm. so if you are not a part of your day is not reading to stay on the cutting edge or even following the right influencers or, you know, following the right YouTube channels that are always on the cutting edge of what's happening. I think, you know, blockchain and cryptocurrency is probably the, the bleeding edge of what's happening, I think, in society right now. And where mm-hmm. one month to one month, it's like the whole world changed. And so to me, it's, it's, real, it, it's meta, but it's being obsessed with being a learner. So I am someone who learns and stays on the cutting edge and just blocking it out. So it can be a double-edged sword where you are too into theory or too into thinking or too into philosophizing and you're not acting. But the way I like to do it is you know, I go on a run every morning and I'm always listening to something on a podcast. And then every night I also... Uh, you know, I have my YouTube channels that I, you know, always follow that every couple of days are giving me, uh, you know, trends and what's happening in the market. So I think that that's one thing is like, you're not going to know by, uh, by not paying attention and also by being reactive to, you know, generic cable television or something like you have to find your people that, you know, like, and trust and mm-hmm. that have proven to give you value in staying on the cutting edge and staying adaptable. Um, you know, knowledge is power. So I think that's step one. Uh, and then I think also too, you know, just understanding like asymmetrical return potential. I like, like Nassim Taleb talks about this a lot. Um, Naval Ravikant talks about this a lot, but basically if you, I was just reading uh, Alex Ramosi's hundred million dollar offer, all of these, the opening line of it is literally the first sentence of the book is if you have a hundred X return potential at a 10% risk, you take that every single time, right? Meaning that even if it's 90% failure, right? But this is the VC model, right? But you're going to get 100x yeah, yeah, return, yeah. then you, you take that 10 out of 10 times, right? And to me, I think that once you have the knowledge of what's happening in the market or in your specific sector or your niche, the, the difference between people that are on the cutting edge like the 22 immutable laws of marketing. I reference a lot of books because I read a lot of books, but the first law is be first. And the second law is if you're not first, create a new niche or you're first anyways. And the idea of being on the bleeding edge, being on the cutting edge, staying adaptable, right? There's different ways of saying it, is part knowledge, but it's also speed of execution. And I think that people are afraid of executing on an idea that they have. A lot of times it's not that they can't come up with the solution of, oh yeah, I should probably try this or I should probably 
you know, add this product to my portfolio, or I should add, I should use this new software that, you know, may make my company way more efficient, but they're scared or frankly, maybe even lazy of like the pain of transitioning to that new, uh, that mm -hmm. new opportunity or that new software, that new service or that new concept or that new headline or whatever it may be. Um, because they're, you know, our monkey brains just want to, uh, conserve calories and kind of do exactly what we did yesterday that allowed us to survive and making those, those adaptations feel painful. But I think that the way that you can kind of convince your brain to do it anyways, is to think about it like asymmetrical return potential. If I do this compounded over time, what could be the new trajectory of my company or my business? And then even yeah. if you think, well, this might probably fail. Yeah. But if you take 10 shots at it, now you 10 X your company. Yes, I like it. I want to come back to one of your first points and dig a little deeper. Um, in the last two years, who are the influencers and the authors and the, the people that you've listened to that have been giving you that, that you've really tracked with? Like, these are the folks that I'm paying attention to. I think um, folks in our, our listeners might love to hear who you're listening to. Yeah, for sure. So for philosophy and just like history and like big like macroeconomic trends, I like Lex Friedman a lot. So he'll have on, you know, something that's happening, the cutting edge of string theory, but he'll also have Elon Musk and also have Ray Dalio. And it's like, I think Ray Dalio's most eloquent and full opinion about blockchain mm. technology was on the Lex Friedman mm. podcast. And so, you know, you can, you know, he reread his books, that's fine, but the books are always like a year late in a way, right? Six yeah. months late, but this is three hour conversation with one of the top hedge fund managers in the entire world about macroeconomic. When he speaks about, you know, he's got, you know, tens of billions of dollars. When he speaks about capital, he talks about it in a way of like history. And, and, mm -hmm. you know, this is the general decade level trajectory of Southeast Asia. He's thinking in these huge macroeconomic trends. And so, you know, someone like that, like, I want to hear him talk about it for three hours. So Lex Friedman he, it, this is an interesting thing. He, he's discussed this. He, on the contract, he says it's mandatory that we allow for at least three hours. Now, sometimes it's two, two and a half or whatever, but he says the contract that they sign is we're allowed to talk uninterrupted for three hours. And he has you know the highest level people in the world on. So that to me is, is a huge one. And then I devour everything Naval Ravikan talks about. Uh, Naval Ravikan? The, yeah, he's the co-founder of AngelList. Uh, okay. You know, very Silicon Valley. You know, again, in people that are in like the capital allocation world are usually generally on the cutting edge of what's happening in society in terms of mm -hmm. trends. And a lot of VC money is going to blockchain right now, um, and you know, marketplaces and you know that sort of thing. So to me, that's like, what does that look like? Or you know, ClickUp just got a multi-billion-dollar valuation at something like a 60x, you know, revenue valuation. It's like why is that? So my company immediately, literally immediately started using ClickUp because I said, there's something here. So I had my marketing team, we were using Monday for project management. Uh -huh. And I said, mm -hmm. and I've used Airtable and Trello and you know, everything you know, under the sun in terms of project management. I said, well, there's something, like the VCs believe in this somehow, right? And I know that it's a big market, but there's something going on with ClickUp. And then I met um, you know, one, of the, one of their top executives, I think he's a co-founder, Chris Cunningham. And you know, so I talked with him at an event and, and I said, you know, hey, let's like right away, we started trying it. And now our, we have a funnel building team and that's all they use. So, you know, we went from using, 
you know, the project management of, hey, you want a new funnel or you want a new website, you know, it could take up to, you know, two weeks. I mean, that's even fast for the market. But I tell them I want one done in 24 or 48 hours because, you know, faster and better and cheaper will scale. And so right. to me, but you can't do that if you're like on Slack, you know, doing like you have to have a really <laughs> efficient software program that tracks everything perfectly. So there's no, the graphic designer knows these are the seven things that I'm doing today in this order. And then when I finish mm -hmm. this, it automatically triggers the copywriter. And then it automatically, you know, that type of software, leveraging software at that level, you know, can totally transform your company. And yes, testing it for a month feels like pain. But when I see that ClickUp has this massive yeah. valuation, I'm aware of it. And then I think, okay, let's try it. Asymmetrical return potential. Maybe this will change our company. So that's maybe an example of like what I'm talking about. That's a great example. That's a great example. I love it. And that kind of leads us kind of to the, kind of the next phases. So what are some of the things within your organization? And, and, and I'm thinking of, you know, your CEO, you have 400, you know, employees, you likely have an executive staff, you know, executive yeah. team around you. You know, is there anything that you've done or that your team has done, maybe an idea that came from one of your lieutenants that has really helped you to shift and adapt? Now, I, I do have to recognize, I mean, you guys founded in 2019 and then, you know, in 2020, we had what happened, right? Um, and so kind of a, you started at the right time was another, another component to this, but you've had exponential growth. And so I'm curious, how have you been adapting to that growth from an organizational and a structural perspective? I think that we are, some people have ever heard of the marshmallow test where you have a child, you know, given one marshmallow, wait, wait a little bit and I'll give you two marshmallows. If you eat it, you know, you don't get two. And so I say this, this is like brainwashed into my team is that we are building infrastructure and we're really good at the marshmallow test. So I'm not interested in, you know, short-term, uh, short-term gain. I'm not sure. I'm not interested in like short-term um, you know, dopamine. I am interested in building a bridge, right? It's like tens of billions of dollars to build a bridge. But once you build a bridge, you can, you can charge a toll for a hundred years. And the way that I think about it, we have built a massive, we've really invested in infrastructure in recruiting and training and HR and culture. We have a, you know, whole culture department. We have people that internally are just therapists for, employees if they're having a down day, you know, because we want to make sure that they're able to, you know, perform at the highest level. We have a massive HR team. We have you know, internal directors and managers and supervisors and team leaders. And, you know, this really, <clears throat> a lot of them we're not charging for, right? So, you know, our, our model is recurring <clears throat> either on a project base or a full-time employee, whichever is convenient for your company. But a lot of, a lot of our employees, <clears throat> We, we just take the cost internally and that keeps us at, you know, a very thin margin right now, but mm -hmm. we're building that infrastructure so that now, instead of it being, you know, one out of four employees are internal, it will eventually be one out of 10 or one out of 20. And I know that, and I know that it's going to feel tight and, you know, uncomfortable for maybe the next year or two, but, you know, I'm thinking unicorn. And, you know, for a unicorn, you have to build the right structure and you have to provide a really high quality service at scale. And the more I just can't be involved. And, you know, I, I want to, if you don't mind, I, I'm not the CEO, I'm the co-founder and executive director. I, we have a CEO as well. 
So, you know, okay, I gotcha. have a, Thank you. a CEO, CMO, you know, COO, the, the whole, the whole structure and uh, recruiting that level of talent and, you know, hiring that level of talent and, and building out the internal infrastructure is, um, it would be a lot easier to, you know, wire the founders, you know, an extra dividend. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it, it would feel more uh, like, oh yeah, we're succeeding, you know, faster. Like I feel it in my own personal bank account, or we feel it in the company's bank account where, you know, okay, we have a little bit more room for error, but we're really aggressive with just putting everything back into growth, everything back into growth, everything back into infrastructure. So I think that philosophically, you know, it starts with, you know, second habit of highly effective people begin with the end in mind. And if you're really trying to build, you know, a unicorn or, you know, a hundred million dollar year company or, you know, multi $10 million year company, then you got to be, are you serious about that? You know? And like, mm -hmm. if you're really serious about that, then you have to make decisions, you know, that are relative to that. So I think that, I, I don't know if this is like staying on the cutting edge of trends is more, I guess it's a little bit more philosophical, but you know, your specific question was how have you dealt with exponential growth? And the way that we've dealt with exponential growth internally is to build a, a foundation structure such that it's not going to break because, you know, you double, it's, uh, there's a thought experiment that's kind of crazy. It's, you take a piece of paper and you fold it one time and two times, three times. If you fold it 50 times, the height, it reaches the sun. So people don't, we don't really, our brains can't even comprehend exponentiality, right? Like the, the, the guy who invented, the, uh, invented chess, the emperor of India said, uh, how do you want to get paid? And he said, I want one grain of rice for the first square and two grains of rice for the second square and four grains of rice for the next square and all the way up to the end. And then by the end of the square, it was more grains of rice that existed in all of India. And then the guy got beheaded because, you know, he was like, you're trying to trick me. But, you know, but the idea is we don't really understand exponentiality, especially with referrals and especially when you have like affiliate partners. So as we, you know, we, we go from 10 partners to 20 to 50 to 100, you know, now 100 is 200 and now 200 is 400 and all of a sudden it gets really crazy and we may feel like what works at 1 million a year is going to work at 10 million a year and it's not and what works at 10 million dollars a year is not going to work at 100 and what works at 100 is not going to work at a billion and so i'm thinking ahead at, with infrastructure so that the bridge doesn't collapse that's kind of how i think about it yeah th there's another thing that you're you're saying but you didn't say it explicitly so i'm going to and, and that's patience yeah exactly and you 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 have a you, you're you're telling me you're saying listen we're, we're we're actually being very intentional about our structure and we're we're choosing a very thin margin right now we're reinvesting because we know we can get to something that's really special and really unique and not everybody has the patience right to do that not everybody's willing to say, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be very lean for these seven years, right?" And then we're gonna have, you know, years of plenty beyond that. Um, so I think that's a really, really good point to make. So organizationally, I, I really love some things that you said there. You, you've got good strong systems. You consistently test and you test and prove out, you know, what works well for you, and and I think that testing component is also unique. I think a lot of folks could benefit from saying, hey, we're going to do some testing. And you know what? 50% of them are going to fail. 
but the other 50 or even 25% will succeed and those successes will outshine all the other fails. Short bursts of testing. Um, you're taking care of your people. I mean, that's the space we're in. So knowing you have HR, you have, you have therapists, you have people supporting your people so they can truly be optimized and, and focused on serving their clients, serving your clients. I think that's fantastic. Um, just at a, I'm, I'm making an assumption here, but you guys are a fully distributed company or do you have any offices anywhere around the world? We have an office in Cairo and we're, uh, Soon having one in uh, Kiev, Ukraine. Okay, I've been to Kiev. I've not yet been to Cairo. Um, do you are are you bringing your people together in person at all, or is this one hundred percent fully distributed, and everybody just works from their own city, and everything is is digital? So whenever I go to uh, Europe or, you know, that's part of the world, then generally we'll have, you know, a big event. It's not mandatory, but everyone can come. And, you know, that's uh, like twice a year, right? I'll, I'll go over there okay. twice a year myself. And so that's good for camaraderie. Uh, but we have an all hands uh, every week and it's a, it's a company-wide book club. So we recommend, you know, a book that we read and then I'll come on or, you know, another expert will come on and talk about the book and teach the book. And then we have a game at the end of the book and the person that wins the game will get a bonus. And, you know, so we're really encouraging, um, you know, sharpening the saw and learning about uh, business and, you know, digital marketing and your know, philosophy and habits and success and you know, all of the things that, you know, all these nonfiction titles. So uh, that's, I think, another way that we just having this all hands meeting and, you know, having, hundreds of people on, you know, a Google meetup or zoom and, and, uh, and you know, building that camaraderie. So it's, it's difficult for sure. Um, you know, mm -hmm. to not have, but we also have, um, in our office, we have like our, our best computers for our, uh, we have like a CAD rendering team for, mm -hmm. you know, interior design and architectural design. We have a lot of, um, clients for architecture design and then also our video editors, use use the machines virtually so sometimes they'll work from their laptop at home but they'll connect to the virtual computer so they're actually doing the 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 renders and the downloads using a really powerful computer in the office so we have kind of a computer lab if you will in cairo ah, that people okay. can tap, tap into so that they you know everyone doesn't have to have a you know five thousand dollar computer you know in their home but they can still do work like video editing or graphic design uh, with the speed necessary to, to compete with like a, an American company. I love it. I love it. Um, there's a couple of other questions I want to kind of do before we wrap up. And you know, so I'd love to hear, is there, um, you know, I asked earlier about industry, but I'm kind of curious, do you have um, a type of client that you uh, are serving that is just like right in the sweet spot for the kind of things that you do? Uh, and for our listeners, you know, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you or find, learn more about your company, where would they go? Yeah, I think that it's, we, we literally have, you know, kind of, we run the gamut of, you know, various uh, customers, but I would say the ones that are probably the most connected to us are um, agencies. And so someone that might run a, any company that offers a service to other businesses we have a white labeled option where we have 12 different services that we offer and you might offer SEO or web development or 
you know, maybe paid ads, you know, depending on whatever your service is. And we have a lot of partners that get really excited about very quickly adding to their menu of products that they can now sell, except we do all of the work on the back end. So, you know, A, you know, we do SEO, but we don't do email marketing. Or we do email marketing, but we don't do social media content. Or, you know, we do graphic design, but we don't do video editing. And we built trust with our, our, our clients such that they're even asking us, hey guys, can you also help us with this? Or do you know anyone about this? And we're always you know, referring other agencies and why don't we just get that recurring revenue in-house? So that I think is one sweet spot where um, you know, we can really help, but also you know, we have end, end client you know, e-commerce stores that you know, we help. Or um, I, I guess what anyone that needs help with like a digital funnel, in any capacity or helps other people with digital funnels in any capacity. That's kind of where, where our okay. sweet spot. That's a great lens. Uh, yeah. And and work just going, yeah. Just going to virtualworkernow.com. You know, we have a quick, um, you know, form you can fill out and me or my CMO will reach out. Um, and then also you can, I'm mostly active on Instagram and, you know, if you DM me, I'll definitely DM you back with uh, Jonathan, J O N A T H O N dot Kendall K E N D A L L on, uh, on Instagram. Fantastic. Uh, so virtual work virtualworkernow.com and jonathan.kendall um, on Instagram. We'll put those in the show notes. Uh, Jonathan, I wanted to say thank you so much for taking some time to have a conversation with us, sharing with us how you have remained adaptive, how you kept your organization adaptive. Do you have any final thoughts for our, for our listeners before we close out? Um, I would say that my theme for this year is this idea of exponentiality and the Everything that I'm seeing, you know, in terms of trends in the market, you know, macro and micro, is that the pace of change is going to get to the point of near absurdity, where we don't even recognize, you know, six months later. Like I remember when Facebook came out and it was called the Facebook, right? When I was in college. And, you know, now it's meta. It's like, you know, 20 years later, right? The difference between 1540 and 1740 was like nothing. Basically, nothing happened in 200 years technologically. And now the, the rate of technological advancement is, you know, every couple of months there's something brand new that you have to stay on the cutting edge of. So I would say this is like the idea and the concept of this podcast is probably, you know, it's just super, super like meta in this beautiful way where it's like, you know, yeah. staying on top of what is happening. And so I would say, you know, one, just like continue listening to podcasts like this and, and others. And I would say two, don't sleep on AI. I think that when AI came out originally, it was a little too early and you know, just like the Google Glass, like people aren't really ready for AR. But I'll, I'll give you an example. Everyone go to Jarvis. Mm -hmm. Look at Jarvis for copywriting. Copywriting, I thought was going to be like the final frontier for there's no way that you know, AI or software was going to compete with copywriting, right? Like you think of literature, you think of, you know, articulating yourself, you think of, that's like very human language logos. It's like in all of the, you know, the ancient texts, it's like super, we're the only animal that has this kind of, you know, advanced language. And if software, just test it, just test it, just try it out. Just take an hour, download it, get the free trial, just, just mess around with it. And your mind is going to be absolutely blown. And this is just one example. I think it's going to happen to graphic design. I think it's going to happen to the video editing, I think that in, and, and my company, this is like, you know, we're staying on the cutting edge of this because, you know, we provide a lot of these services. I think that it will eventually get to 
like uploading a piece of raw footage and saying, hey, I need like three TikTok reels that are like emotional in this way. And the call to action is this website and it'll give you like 50 pieces of social media content in like five seconds. I honestly think that that's what will happen. And it might be like a year from now. So just, that's just, be, yeah. just yeah. be, be like aware that you yeah. don't have the option to not stay on the cutting edge because you will be um, like your company will be killed by AI unless you're like the person who understands like how to use it. Cause there's going to be a person, like even the Tesla factory, right? There's people that are observing the robots. And like, if there's something that happens, there's someone that understands the robot. So if you're not the person that understands the robots and understands the software, someone else will, and they're going to use the leverage of AI and the leverage of software to infinitely scale their service or their product offering in a way that's going to make your offering feel completely obsolete. And it might literally destroy your company. So I would say stay adaptive hundred percent. And we love that. And I, I was at a keynote a few years ago, and I think this statement is true even now today than, than it was then. Uh, but the speaker, I forgot their name, but he was saying the last five years of change is the slowest it will ever be again. Yep. And I think we can make that statement here in 2022. The last five years of change is the slowest it will ever be again because it's going to continue to rapidly, rapidly change. And so remaining adaptive as an individual, as a leader inside your organization and, and putting those tools and systems in place and staying abreast of the bleeding edge uh, contributors is key. And then putting infrastructure in place so that you, you can remain connected and human and also productive. So uh, fantastic insights, Jonathan. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on the Adaptive Executive Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can follow us on LinkedIn and by subscribing to our mailing list. Again, my name is Greg Ballard and thank you for listening.